Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Carter to the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Q. Got a text on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R from the mailman Raider Q. Bold prediction of the game. Renfro, Adams, and Waller all get 100 yards. I think it'll be high scoring and we'll need to use all three weapons. Also, Renfro, Adams, and Waller's first letter in their name spell out raw. And that's what they'll be. That's from the Mailman Raider. We'll get back to some of your calls and texts in just a little bit. Joining us now on the phone lines from the NFL Network is Bridget Condon. And, Bridget, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And I saw that the injury report came out for the Chargers, and J.C. Jackson is doubtful, and uh, Parham is, is doubtful, the tight end. Uh, what can you tell us? What does your gut feeling tell you about the Chargers and those guys in particular if they play on Sunday? Yeah, I don't think – you know, we will see them. I know that our um, my colleague Taylor Bashadi reported earlier this week that um, her sources were telling her it, it's not likely or, you know, they're not expecting J.C. Jackson to play. Um, you know, what Brandon Staley did just have a press conference a little bit ago, and he said that he's been doing some individual drills and, you know, he's going to go out there tomorrow and see, see what happens. And on Sunday, he'll be there pregame warming up is what he says. Um, I, I, you know... I, I don't know. You know, in the NFL, things can change on the drop of a dime, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him. Um, You remember their second game against the Chiefs is just four days after. It's Thursday night. So, you know, is there a situation where they hold him out and make sure he's 100% ready for the Chiefs? That could be a case, too, that we have to remember. Bridget, I wanted to ask you, we just had a, a caller hit us up and say, you know, every single year the Chargers are always given a lot of hype, and of course they went out and made a lot of moves in the offseason, and so they have a, a stacked roster, and you know, and then something happens. You know, it's either bad coaching or yeah. some bad coaching decisions, special teams, injuries, whatever the case may be, something happens. What mm-hmm. are you hearing that, that makes other people out there, the national media, feel different about this year's Charger team? Yeah, I think you can look at any team going into week one and say this team is a Super Bowl contender, but it's going to be what happens the next six months, really, and who can stay healthy. I think the biggest thing with the Chargers is what Justin Herbert was able to do in his first two years were incredible, and you know he's only getting better. And Brandon Staley was successful in his first year. He's now entering his second year as a head coach. And I think also there was holes on this roster that needed to be filled. And sometimes teams talk about holes and then, you know, they use some guys that they have on their roster to fill it. No, the Chargers went out and they got big name players like Khalil Mack, like JC Jackson, like Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson. I think they did everything they could this offseason to bulk up this roster. Not only their starting 11 on both sides of the ball, but also their depth, which I think could be the difference for this team, having guys on the bench that know the playbook and are, you know, players that can go in and not miss a beat. Talking to NFL Network's Bridget Condon right now on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. How much more comfortable is head coach Brandon Staley with the defense he's going to trot out on Sunday moving forward than he was with what he had last season? I think they are so happy and confident in the defense that they have. And even just talking with the players, I talked to Joey Bosa yesterday, and he said he's liked to be that leader for this team, right? He was that kind of force on a younger defense the past couple seasons. He said, now having Khalil, a guy that has 
similar experience that he has, an older, more veteran guy, and be able to lean on him elevates his game. So anytime Joey Bosa, your best defensive player, one of them, is around somebody who's elevating him, I think that's a good sign. And, you know, when you have guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, 300-pound dudes up front that can help your rush, uh, your run defense that was in the bottom three last year, I think I think everyone's buying into what Brandon Staley and this Chargers organization went out and got this offseason. We'll have to see how it how it holds up, though, come Sunday. What would you say, if, if anything, right now, as you look at this team, of course we haven't seen them play yet or, or the starters, but if there is an area of concern still for this Chargers team, what would you say it is? That's a good question. Um, you know, that right side of the offensive line was a question mark last season, and, you know, there's been a lot of hype about right guard Zion Johnson and Trey Pipkin, Storm Norton were battling for the right tackle position. Trey Pipkins won that job. I'm interested to see how they hold up. You know, that offensive line has been something that they've worked on the past couple of seasons. Corey Lindsley from the Packers, they, um, you know, the center, this is now his second season. Rashawn Slater, we saw how well he did in his rookie year last year at left tackle. But that right side was a problem. So it'll be interested to see, interesting to see how it holds up. And then again, the line, um, like I mentioned, there's bottom three in scoring and run defense. Now you have these players, well, what can they do? Can they actually be effective in stopping the run? And I, I, I think it, you can look at it, like I keep saying, on paper, but until Sunday, we, it's just all talk, you know? Right. No, you're right about that. It's funny. We're doing the same thing here in Vegas. You know, I feel very confident about what this Raiders team is going to look like. And you've been out at practice. You've seen them out there play. But again, we don't know <laughs> until we actually see what right. the, the starters look like and they're out there playing. And, and we might not know what they look like till three, four weeks into the season before what the, that team is really going to be moving forward. How about on the offensive side of things, when it comes to offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, it's his second season with Justin Herbert. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot of conversations about maybe not taking enough shots last year. Do you think that they uh, have an uptick in deep balls that you see Herbert throw? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's just that comfortability with him. Justin Herbert and Joe Lombardi have talked about now you have a whole season of film that they've been able to watch this offseason, right? Last year, when you're working in a new system, it's really just about making sure you're calling the right plays, you're doing the right things, you're in your position. And it might be, you know, take a little bit more time. But now when all that stuff is second nature, you can explore other things. And we saw in practice, uh, you know, during training camp, Justin Herbert was trying some throws that maybe he wouldn't do during a game and seeing what he can get away with. And I also, uh, when you think about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, right, such mm -hmm. a great receiver duo. They're going to be after those balls. They're going to want those deep balls from Justin Herbert. I talked to Keenan Allen this this week, and he told me that he just realized Mike Williams finished with more receiving yards than he did last <laughs> season. He's like, "Oh, I'm coming for him. I'm ready." So I think they're excited, and you know, whatever whatever Joe Lombardi draws up, they got weapons all across the board on offense. Yeah, something that I wanted to ask you about was just about, we know about the weapons, but Donald Parham being doubtful for Sunday, how much of a factor do you think that he's going to be for this offense, and what do you think that he takes away from this offense if he's not going to be able to play on Sunday? Yeah, I don't think that we will um, see him on <clears throat> on Sunday, but I do think having the the other 
uh, weapons. I, I don't know that we will necessarily be able to tell as much come Sunday later in the season, maybe so. But, um, you know, we, we haven't even mentioned Sony Michelle, the running back that right. they picked up, you know, once he was released by the Dolphins. I think having that depth is a big thing that they were worried about. And part of the reason why they picked him up, right? Because Larry Roundtree Jr. and Isaiah Spiller, um, you know, and Joshua Palmer, uh, there wasn't that, um, or Joshua Kelly, excuse me, there wasn't that, that separation there at running back. So having someone like Sony Michelle, that veteran leader, kind of coming into the offense and giving them more options, I think is, is something that we'll see on Sunday and not necessarily a, a huge, I don't see it being a huge factor without uh, Donald on Sunday, but again, you know, it's all talking until we see what their offense runs come Sunday. Right. It's going to be a, an adventure. I'm excited. Can't wait to be there and actually check it out in person. And, Bridget, as I mentioned, man, you've been you've been out here to Vegas. You've been at training camp. And even though, you know, watching the games from or watching the practice from a distance, as I was as well, uh, just what do you think about this Raiders, uh, or, you know, this team in 2022 led by head coach Josh McDaniels? Oh, I'm excited. I think, uh, you know, we've I grew up in New England, so I know Josh McDaniels and what he's been able to do as an offensive play caller. And so now you get Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. I think it's going to be really fun to see those two reunite and see what he's able to draw up. And I think one of the advantages for the Raiders, too, coming into this season is not a lot of people have tape on them, you know, especially in this Josh McDaniels offense. So in the beginning of the game, it's going to be a huge advantage until these defenses learn to, you know, make some adjustments as the game goes on. So, um, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing about the entire AFC West, right? You talk, you look at one team, you think, oh, this team's really good. Well, you look at the other three teams in the division, and they're all right up there. You know, when you talk about head coach Josh McDaniels and his time in New England, one of the things that we keep uh, people keep pointing out to us is his ability to make adjustments. You know, game to game, week to week, uh, half to half. Drive the drive. What is it about Josh McDaniels that makes him such a good, you know, kind of a chess player where he's setting up something for later on in the game and, and they could take advantage of it? Yeah, I think that when you talk about what he's able to do, you have to go back to Bill Belichick and see what he and the Patriots have been able to do, even going back to Tom Brady as such a late draft pick and, and what they're able to it just kind of seems like that's what New England, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels have been able to do is take these players that other people might not see as stars and work with what you have. And I think they're just so intelligent in being able to read other teams during, you know, the week before watching film and coming up with, uh, like you mentioned, adjustments during the game. Um, I think it's just that experience being in the league for so many years is what's going to really help him and, and he's seen a ton you know when you're a new coach like Brandon Staley who's only been a head coach now for this is his second year right you, it's, a, it's a difference right Josh Daniels spent 18 years in New England so um just having that advantage of seeing things and being able to pick up right away like, oh I know what they're putting out there before we let you go Bridget wanted to get your thoughts on what you saw last night Thursday night football happened right there at SoFi Stadium Bills they handled business against the Rams in a major way just what were your biggest takeaways from that game Thursday night I was surprised. Um, you know, I, I hadn't really seen much of the Bills. I've never seen the Bills in person. Um, you know, I was watching at home actually last night. But Josh Allen, anyone who ever doubted him, it's been funny being on Twitter today and seeing all the reports of people who have doubted him over the years. And I'm, you know, I, I think this Bills team, you add Von Miller, 
that's another team when you looked at the paper and you said, what don't they have? Uh, they went out and showed us yesterday that they're true Super Bowl contenders. I don't think we can cancel out the Rams. You know, they played right. against a really good team. And I do think there might have been some of that hype of excitement of the banner unveiling and Super Bowl champs. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if there was a lack of focus or what, but I, I don't think we need to be too high on are the Rams going to be bad or whatever. Uh, I'm excited though. If that was the first game to kick off week one, I cannot wait for Sunday. There's so many good revenge games, matchups that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I agree. I can't wait. Uh, NFL action is fantastic. I've loved watching college football. It's like a little bit of a tease, but man, the NFL is just a different ball game. So very pumped up and excited about that. Well, speaking of Sunday, is there anywhere you're going to be? Are you going to be at SoFi? Are you going to be in studio? Where are you at on Sunday? Uh, I was supposed to be at SoFi. I'm actually sidelined at home. I have COVID. Oh, no. I know. (laughs) But, you know, there's, uh, what, 17 more weeks left? (laughs) Right. There you go. There you go. Well, hopefully you're doing okay. You you sound great, so you you provided us some great uh, information. So I'm assuming that you're doing pretty good. Uh, We definitely appreciate you. Thanks again for your insight. And uh, get well soon, and, and we'll catch up with you soon. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. There she goes. Bridget Condon from uh, NFL Network giving us a little insight on uh, the Chargers and still still grinding. Got, got, got the vid, but still grinding and uh, giving us some, uh, some time today talking all things Chargers. And, you know, that, that's why I asked her the question. You know, everyone always talks about the hype of the Chargers, and for some reason every year something happens, right? And, you know, it's, it's not really that team. Uh, you know, how are they feeling there and, and, and what makes this year different? And, of course, we're really not going to know what's going to make this thing different until we see it. And it might not be. The Raiders go into SoFi and win on Sunday, and then the Chargers turn around and take an L to the Chiefs on uh, on Thursday and Arrowhead. All of a sudden, they could be looking up, questioning themselves. And confidence is a, is a, is a mother, right? <laughs> you got to have that confidence to be able to, to go and win some games. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. 315 is the time. Many thanks to Bridget. Hopefully she gets better. Coming up next, your calls and texts, 702-365-9200. Get them in while you can at 69187, keyword R&R. Plus, we'll hear some rock, locker room sound. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. And here we are, 320 is the time, coming up at 330, Austin Gale from The Ringer, used to be part of Pro Football Focus. He'll join the show to talk all things Raiders and Chargers and NFL as well. It's a fun Friday, man, double F, fun Friday. Here on Raider Nation Radio, 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Love everything that we have going on. My man, Damon Cotton, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, doing some big things, been grinding all day. Definitely appreciate him. Appreciate Joe Stone Crab uh, for being able to come out and bring some food, provide some food for uh, Damon and some other folks at the radio station. I did not get to enjoy any because, well, I'm not there. I'm at the home studio, but that's okay. Uh, saw this tweet. Khalil Mack on facing Derek Carr on Sunday. He said, that's my brother. I like to talk trash here and there. I feel like that's a bond that can't be broken when it comes to that. But come Sunday, it's on and popping. He's an ultimate competitor, one of the best in the game, somebody that I highly respect when it comes to the leadership aspect as well as the quarterback position. That's from Khalil Mack earlier today talking about Derek Carr. Derek Carr, as a matter of fact, is one of the eight Raider uh, captains for this 2022 season. I've had a lot of people hit me up and say, Q, who's the captains? Who's the captains? I haven't heard who the captains are. Today, head coach Josh McDaniels announced it as he started his presser around 945 this morning. Quarterback Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and left tackle Colton Miller. Those are the three on offense, three on defense. Defensive end Max Crosby, linebacker Denzel Perryman, and safety Jerron Harmon. Uh, those are the ones on defense right there. I, th- I find that to be pretty 
Pretty nice little crew right there, those first six. Special teams, A.J. Cole. We know that he's a great punter. And Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins, new to the team. He's a special teams ace. He's also a guy that I expect to be a factor in the red zone. He also is a captain for the Silver and Black for the 2022 season. Eight guys, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Colton Miller, Max Crosby, Denzel Perryman, Jerron Harmon, A.J. Cole, and Mac Hollins. Uh, earlier today in the Raiders locker room, we had an opportunity to catch up with Mac Hollins. It was myself, Vinny Bonsignor, and a couple others talking to Mac and start off talking about him being a team captain. I was telling everybody, <laughs> nah, campaigning for captain, that's, uh, that's what politicians do. That's why politicians are, are getting real shady nowadays. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm super honored to be a captain. Um, I didn't expect to be a captain, you know, especially going into my first year, but I'm glad that the, and, and honored to have my teammates put me to that to that level so it's, it's definitely it that way where you're not pushing for anything like yeah. that and it's just recognition of what you've done here since april or yep. so how important and, and satisfying is it? um i wouldn't say it's important it's not like i you know i came to las vegas and said i'm going there to be a captain but um it's definitely like i said i keep saying the word honor like it's an honor to to know that i have the respect of my teammates in the time that i've been here since april that they that they uh, think of me to that to that level and say, hey, Mac is somebody that can lead us, you know, on and off the field. What does it feel like you're about to get ready to play your first game as a Raider? You're a captain. Yeah. You guys just wrapped up practice. How does all this feel? It feels great. You know, this is what we do it for. Nobody does it for OTAs. Nobody does it for training camp. Right. You do it for, for Sundays and the occasional Monday and Thursday. Um, so this is what we've all been waiting for, to, to go against somebody in a different color jersey. Looks like the chemistry of this team has really come together. Looks like you guys are pretty tight-knit. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think, I think we are. You know, it, when people on the outside can see it, usually that's when it's real. Like when y'all notice it and, and fans notice, like, oh, those guys kind of hang out. They, they actually enjoy being around each other. It's just the energy. It's something that you feel more than you can see, and y'all probably feel it when you're out there. Um, so it's really cool to have a team that's like that. Um, so Hunter ain't getting the, the Uber? I mean, I would have bought the same Uber. So <laughs> as long as Mac and Hunter, as long as the walk-ons don't get the Uber, yeah, as long, as long, me and Hunter split the Uber. And, you know, that, that was a lot. We had to come out our savings account for both for the $12 we each spent. What do you think it was that allowed you to, to come to a new team like this and, and make such an impact uh, right away, obviously being the quarter of the captain? Um, I think the same thing that's allowed me to stay in this league, just working hard and doing whatever I can to to make the team better and to make myself better. Uh, and then it so happened to get recognized. Uh, like, I don't think, I don't want to take being a captain lightly, it's, but I wouldn't have changed how I play the game or pursue the game because I'm a captain now. I play the game as hard as I can, and I give everything I can to the game because I know it's a short-lived career, and when I'm done with it, I want to be okay with being done with it. Mac, uh, Josh McGavin has talked about kind of mastering whatever the playbook you guys know, just master that part yep. of it, add on to it afterwards. Where do you guys feel that you guys are on, on knowledge of that playbook? Uh, you know, you, you as a competitor, you want to say you've got it like on Sunday, but I think our standard is Josh somebody who's been in it for 20 plus years, like that's where we want to be. Um, are any of us there yet? No. Are we on our way there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's always every week, every day, an opportunity for us to get better at the playbook, to understand it better to the point where, like if you Josh could close his eyes and tell you a play and he'll know the formation and who's probably going to be there just because he's been in it for so long versus us, like we may have to think about something a little bit longer. So if we can get to that level, if that's the standard, like, and we keep chasing that, like, we'll be really good as a as offense. What's your level of curiosity about what you guys are capable of doing, just in week one? Um, 
I think it just goes, like, I'm curious of, uh, of, of fundamentals, you know, because that's what wins you games, especially week one when you don't have film on guys, really. Like, we don't know what they did in preseason because their guys weren't out there. Same, they don't know the same way as us. So it comes down to a fundamental game. Um, so whose fundamentals and technique is the best? And I'm, that's what I'm interested to see is can, can we maintain what we've been doing in practice? Can we continue to be fundamentally sound when the lights are on, when there's fans in the stands, when it's a real game? Um, and I, I definitely think we will, but we'll find out on Sunday. Did that practice, did that practice extra, extra weeks of OTAs and everything, did that help a little bit more? You think? I think it definitely does. When you're, when you're there, you don't want to – you're like, oh, gosh, here we go. We got, we got an extra day or extra week. It's like, oh, goodness, here we go. Um, but now you look back and you're like, we got it. We're – seven eight days ten days ahead of some teams you know like, and that that means a lot that that especially like learning an offense or learning a new defense that helps a lot to have seven days because you, when you're at the house you're not gonna they can send you the playbook you're not going right you're not out there nobody has a hundred i mean maybe some guys have a hundred yard field you know some guys have different checks than me <laughs> some guys have a hundred yard fields in their backyard where they can right. go practice it but they don't have the whole team to do it with right. you know so to be able to to be here a little bit early and get it get it done and learn that stuff is definitely uh important appreciate you oh yeah there he goes right there, team captain, Mac Hollins, one of the eight team captains. A.J. Cole, the other special teams uh, captain. Also on defense, Max Crosby, Denzel Perriman, Jerron Harmon. Offensively, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and Colton Miller. So you'll hear more from the Raiders, Raiders locker room. Got Zamir White, got Tyrone jo- Tyron Johnson, a.k.a. T. Billy, got Hunter Renfro, and Divine Diablo. That's all coming up later on the show. Plus, we have Austin Gale from The Ringer coming up in a matter of seconds. But let's go out to the phone lines and talk to Save Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me. I'm saved Raider, first of all, because we are saved by grace through faith in Christ's atoning work on the cross. Saved Raider. Why? Because I'm a Raider fan, have been since uh, the 70s, about 47 years. I'm calling from a foreign country called Connecticut, but I'm from Oakland, (laughs) where the spirit of the Raiders still lingers strong. Now, this is what I want to say about Sunday against the Chargers. I am excited about the 300, three-headed monster that is uh, Devontae Adams and uh, Renfro and Waller, but uh, I like to see the screen game pick up. I love Chucky, love Gruden, but seemed like he was allergic to the screen game. He was. So I like to see more of that. I believe Josh Jacobs would flourish, throw two or three blockers out in front of him, let him run behind them, let him rip. I believe we'll, uh, that play would be more successful than not. And that's all I've got from now. Uh, I am the safe Raider. And in the words of the gangster, I'm gone. <laughs> nice. There you go. Save Raider. Thanks for that call, my man. Appreciate you. Good stuff uh, on, on multiple different levels. And, yeah, the screen game is something that I do believe, as we saw in preseason, you'll see a lot more of that from this version of the Raiders than you did from John Gruden's version. And he used to drive everyone crazy, including Lincoln Kennedy, who joins us every Tuesday and Thursday. Always wonder, why in the hell do you not see – screen passes why are they not doing screen passes just some coaches just don't call them and John Gruden that he was never a fan of the screen game I remember when Greg Olson took over last season as a play caller and I think that first game he called a couple screens and everyone was like oh my god oh my god that's all we're gonna see now is screen passes and obviously that wasn't the case but it was just like it was so amazing to see it happen and see it like you said Josh Jacobs uh, he thrived in that. He did really well. I believe he can continue to do that, and I think you'll see many different running backs uh, have an opportunity to do that. Amir Abdullah, you know, Zamir White, I know he's not a guy that everyone talks about uh, as a pass catcher, but throughout 
the training camp and preseason, you saw Zamir White catches the passes. So obviously they were working on that with him as well. Brandon Bolden, a guy you expect to see a lot, lot of uh, uh, receptions out of the backfield. I mean, they have multiple options. Britton Brown. I mean, the list goes on and on and on when it comes to the running back room for the Silver and Black. So, uh, yeah, I think you'll see more screen game for sure. Now, join us on the phone lines. Austin Gale from The Ringer, formerly a pro football focus. Austin, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate you. How excited are you to have football back after seeing what you saw last night between the Bills and the Rams? Absolutely excited. I think a lot of people are saying last night's game was a bit of a dud, but I think we did learn a lot about the trenches for both those teams, right? Both teams that should be competing for a Super Bowl in 2022. I think the Bills' offensive and defensive line is deep and stalwart. Meanwhile, the Rams, outside of Aaron Donald, really struggling to create pressure. All three of their edge rushers that were seeing rotation last night, Terrell Lewis, Justin Hollins, all did not receive a pressure, did not record a pressure last night. And the offensive line, David Edwards, six pressures allowed. Joseph Noteboom, you know, taking over for Andrew Woodworth, eight pressures allowed. Going to be a long season if the Rams can't find ways to create pressure and keep Matthew Stafford upright this year. Yeah, you know, and I think it flew under the radar how much talent the Rams lost during the offseason, but some of that was on their offensive line. You saw Stafford get sacked seven times. I mean, it could be, Austin, a long season if they can't get that offensive line shored up. Yeah, I think there's you know obvious concern. Losing Austin Corbett and losing Andrew Whitworth and the offensive line is going to be you know, battling uphill. But I think the other piece of it, too, and you got to give credit to the Buffalo Bills secondary. I think they played a high percentage of cover three and cover two last night, and not a lot of separation, a lot of concentration on Cooper Cup. I think you saw Allen Robinson creating separation a handful of times, but even when he was, pressure getting there right as you know he was opening up. So I do think that it's going to be a hard time for this Stafford-led Rams team to see a lot of defenses that do like to play too high look if that offensive line will hold up well, right? If you're playing too high, not rushing as many people up front, you should have protection to kind of hit the open zones. But they could not hold up long enough for Stafford to get the ball out when guys were creating separation against what was a very zone-heavy, too-high you know, defense uh, for Buffalo. Talking right now with Austin Gale here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Another team that uh, we talk about all the time with high expectations is the team that the Raiders are playing on Sunday, the Chargers. Uh, what are your thoughts on them this season? They get hyped every year, Austin. We talk about, hey, man, watch out for that Chargers team, and then something happens. Uh, what are your expectations for this team that has brought in a lot of talent this year? I think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. I really like Justin Herbert. I really like Brandon Staley now in his second season as a head coach. I think they added pieces where they needed to to get better on defense. They were one of the worst run defenses in the NFL last year, and then they go out and add Cleo Mack, defensive tackle Sebastian Joseph Day, who worked with Brandon Staley in what was his career year a few years ago, added Austin Johnson, added Kyle Van Noy. This defense got a whole lot better in the front seven, and I know J.C. Jackson isn't expected to play on the back end, another big star that they added on defense, but still, it should be an improved unit up front. It should be able to slow people down and create more pressure just with their front four, and offensively, it should be one of the best offenses in the NFL. Justin Herbert is the favorite to lead the NFL in passing yards for a reason. That's Mike Williams, that's Keenan Allen, that's Josh Palmer, a really good offensive line. Right now, I think you see the Chargers favor by three and a half, three in some spots. I think that line is accurate. I think it's going to be a little bit of a revenge game for Justin Herbert and this Los Angeles Chargers team that is loaded and primed for a Super Bowl run. And as far as Justin Herbert, you know, because there's a lot of high expectations for him, and I, I do believe he's a really good quarterback. I just want to see him, you know, get to the playoffs and start to, you know, make a run before I, I you know, annoy him like some people are. And I'm not saying you, but other, other folks are putting him up there at such a high level. What does he have to do as far as just his game to get to where uh, people expect him to be? 
I mean, I don't think he has to change much, right? I think it's just play more. You know, I think it's play more and, and really rise to the occasion in in some in every game, right? And I think we saw that for him. I think honestly, they just got they struck the wrong side of variance in a lot of those aggressive fourth down calls and defensively, you know, they couldn't stop a nosebleed, right? And I think that led to a lot of shootouts where Justin Herbert was playing really well, but late in games, not having that opportunity to win those one score games. I think that they regressed positively in one score games this year. I think defensively they improved so much that this is a 10 to 11 win team. I think they'll be competing for the AFC West. Talking right now with Austin Gale here from uh, Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. As far as the, the Raiders go, you know, they added a lot also in the offseason. New head coach Josh McDaniels, of course, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, and more. Uh, what are you seeing from, from the Raiders? What do you think their uh, outlook looks like in 2022? No, I think they have some real legit talent at key spots offensively. They have one of the better receiving cores in the NFL, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. If all three of those guys are healthy, with Derek Carr pulling the strings, they should be able to put up points. The worry is, at least offensively, is this offensive line outside of Colt Miller is worrisome. And we just got done talking about the Super Bowl reigning champions in the Los Angeles Rams maybe struggling this year because their offensive line isn't that good. Right. And their offensive line is better than what the Raiders are going to be put out with a lot of inconsistency from left guard over to right tackle. And then defensively, Stars at critical positions, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, I think two of the better, one of the better pass rush tandems in the NFL. But on the back end, so Trayvon Mullen's not walking through that door. They traded him away. There's still some question marks at safety, a very young group with Jonathan Abram and Terry Merrick. And then at corner, Nate Hobbs, Amik Robertson, Rocky Seen, an unproven unit. I just worry that there are too many flaws, specifically along the offensive line and in the secondary, for this Raiders team to be a deep postseason contender in a division where they're probably you know, going to be battling for that third or fourth spot, right? We know that the Kansas City Chiefs and Chargers will be competing to win this one. And even Denver with Russell Wilson, we have yet to see what this will look like. But all expectations are that Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson will lead this Broncos team to a playoff run. What do you think about head coach Josh McDaniels? Because to me, I feel like he's, a, he's an X factor. He's a guy that's going to make the Raiders a lot more successful in the red zone than they were a year ago. So what are your thoughts on the way he could push the buttons and, util- and, and maximize the talent from the weapons that they have offensively? I think it's going to be a massive improvement, right? I think a massive improvement for this team could be eight, nine wins, right? I know they you know, won more games than that last year, but I think they'll improve in these critical areas and not be so volatile. I think they were 4-0 in overtime last year. That's right. going to regress. I think they were 7-2 and in one-score games last year. That's going to regress. Those are essentially coin flip situations when you simulate the season over, you know, 50, 75 seasons. And you look at the Las Vegas Raiders this year, they're not going to be better than that this upcoming season. It's going to be hard to maintain that excellence in those tight coin flip era situations. Josh McDaniels is going to improve the team. I think he's going to be better offensively, but still so many of their wins predicated on this late game luck. I think this year going to need to consistently win in what is an improved division uh, in 2022. Talking right now with Austin Gale here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Austin, I know that this question may seem a little silly on the surface, but when you think about it, the Raiders and the Chargers, like with so many tough games to start the season, could the first game of the season be a must-win for for each team with the Raiders having some division games coming up after? But for the Chargers, if they don't win this one, they face the Chiefs next week. And if they start the season 0-2, do you think that they're going to be behind the eight ball just a little bit there? Yeah, I don't think any week one game is obviously a must-win situation, but I do think that it's super important when you're trying to build confidence if you are this high-expectation team, right? I think the Chargers losing as favorites at home 
against the Raiders would be really concerning. Really, <laughs> they 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 are supposed to be this team with a star quarterback, a star second year quarter you know, coach, and all this talent in the world. Everyone's picking them to win the Super Bowl. When you take a baseball bat to that kind of confidence, you can start to sink into maybe we got ahead of ourselves. Maybe our heads are over our skis and all that stuff. Meanwhile, for the Raiders, you know, I, I think it's easy to base yourself and like we're not you know we're not going into this game expecting to win. If we can split you know, home and away with the Los Angeles Chargers in our own division this year, I think I would consider that a win. So I would see it not as a must win for the Chargers, but I think it would be a more disappointing loss if the Chargers do lose this one. What are your thoughts on Brandon Staley as the head coach if things don't go right? Like a lot of folks expect the Chargers to be really good, like you mentioned. If things don't go right, we've heard rumblings of Sean Payton saying, hey, I would like to coach the Chargers if if there's an opening there. Uh, how, how quickly do you th- start thinking you'll hear you'll hear uh, rumblings if, if they don't get off to a good start? Yeah, I was having this conversation recently. I think there is enough like public opinion against Brandon Stanley for a lot of the fourth-down aggressiveness that we saw last year, that if this Chargers team misses the playoffs, there will be a lot of, you know, a lot of people asking for Brandon Staley's head in this situation because it's just too talented of a football team, right? And when you're making decisions that are you know, opposite to public opinion, like going on fourth downs and missing those and all that stuff, I think you're going to see more people upset. So if this Chargers team doesn't make playoffs, I would not be surprised if there's a lot of outrage around Brandon Staley. I would be really surprised if they let him go, though, because there's so many. You know, I was there at training camp this offseason, and there's just so much buy-in, so much buy-in to what Brandon Staley's trying to do, both offensively and defensively. I think every player in that locker room supports all of the decisions he's making and making in tandem in terms of adding personnel and attacking weaknesses. I think that there's so much support for Brandon Staley that even if he missed the playoffs, I think there's a really good chance he stays. But I do think that if he misses the playoffs, a lot of people will be upset. You mentioned Denver and Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson and how that could possibly come together. I've been a little skeptical just because Nathaniel Hackett has never been a head coach before. So how quickly do you think that they can get on the same page? I think that they're going to, right? I think they're going to get on the same page pretty quickly. I think the difficult part of it will be, I think, more defensively, right? I think defensively this team is losing to Sanjo, one of the better defensive minds in the NFL. Going beyond that and not having necessarily – as much talent as other talented defenses in the NFL. I, I worry about the Denver Broncos all hitting on the defense side of the ball. And then offensively, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, or Javante Williams, Milton Gore. I think this Denver Broncos team offensively has too much firepower to fail out of the gate. I still don't like them more than the Chiefs. I still don't like them more than the Chargers. I think this Broncos team will be third or fourth in the division. All right, finally, before we let you go, Austin, wanted to get your thoughts on what we found out today about Lamar Jackson. Him and the Ravens did not uh, come to a contract agreement, so he's going to ride it out, play with, like, what, $23 million as uh, the deal for this one year and maybe uh, get back to the table after the season. Uh, Is that a a bad decision by Baltimore and and Lamar, really, or do you think it'll work out in the end? I mean, it's a more disadvantageous situation for Lamar, right? I think – the, the outlier to this is Dak Prescott, where Dak Prescott plays really well on like a franchise tag and gets a bigger contract than maybe what he would have got initially if they had negotiated a long-term contract. Lamar, you have to hope that happens, right? If he, he balls out this year, puts together another MVP caliber campaign, it just puts more emphasis on Baltimore making a play. But we know how, you know how hard this position is to continue to play at a high level and continue to stay healthy when he is a running quarterback, right? He does, you know, he has two, two seasons with over 1,000 yards rushing. He's going to be putting his body more harm's way than other quarterbacks. I just worry for injury, right? If he plays really well and bets on himself, as everyone is saying, and gets more money out of this, I think that's a huge win. I worry about the injury risk. I worry about him 
playing even you know not the level of his MVP level, and that ruining his contract situation as well. Last season, the Bengals, they were that team that was a surprise team. I didn't believe they were going to be into the Super Bowl until they actually were in the Super Bowl. But uh, if there's a team that you're looking at this year that you think might be that surprise team, who do you think it is? Yeah, I, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't going to be in the Super Bowl this year, but I right. do think that we can't understate how much of an upgrade that Doug Peterson is over Urban Meyer. You know, I think having that stability on the sideline, that experience on the sideline is going to benefit Trevor Lawrence and his offense so much. It's also going to benefit the defense and just talent across the board, knowing that their head coach is going to be dancing in random Ohio bars after losses, right? I think it's going to help this team a lot more than people are expecting. I don't think they're going to be in the Super Bowl, but I think you people should be surprised that if they in week one, I think they're two-point dogs against the Washington Commanders. I wouldn't be surprised if they win that game. I think this is a really talented football team led by a good head coach and a good quarterback. There you go. Good stuff right there, Austin Gale from the Ringer. What do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Every week at the Ringer, I'll be podcasting on the Ringer Gambling Show and the Ringer NFL Show. And then also every Tuesday, my power rankings. So, you know, official week of of NFL action on Sunday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right, there he goes, Austin Gale right there from the ringer, formerly a pro football focus. And, you know, sometimes it's not always uh, sunshine and, and rainbows and puppy dogs. You know, it ain't always, uh, it ain't always the, the, the most positive, right? Got a couple tweets already. Uh, just live at 757 or at 757 just live. Excuse me, had it backwards. Q, get this guy off your show, bro. Uh, and then Raider Dill at uh, Dylan Helmick. He said, Austin has me fired up. I can't wait for the Raiders to punch the Chargers in the mouth and shut down the confidence in the Chargers. Look, there's a lot of confidence. There really is. And uh, Austin seemed like he had a lot of confidence in the Chargers. I, I don't I don't know if, how many people had that much confidence. Uh, he sounded like he was very, very high on the team. And, you know, maybe it's because, as he said, he was there in training camp with them. And so he uh, he felt like that, you know, what he saw, you know, he, he feels like there's, there's something there, you know. And, and look, that's probably no different than me saying that the team is – the Raiders are going to be really good. Something I saw in training camp, something I, I believe. But, uh, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of faith in the, in the Raiders, and that's okay. I'm, I don't force people's uh, – their, uh, their, their opinion. Uh, I, I just ask their opinion. So there you go. Uh, Austin Gale, high on the Chiefs, high on the Chargers, not so much on the Raiders, and maybe sound like he was lukewarm on the Denver Broncos. 3.43 is the time. We'll come back. We'll get to some calls. We'll get to some texts. We'll get to some more sound from the locker room. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy Q. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword r Just heard from Austin Gale from The Ringer. It's a texter from the 909. Hearing people say that KC and the Chargers are fighting for the number one spot is nauseating. That's a text from the 909. Well, you know, the thing about that is if they say KC and the Chargers are fighting for the number one spot and the Raiders go and win the number one spot, then all of us could say, hey, they were wrong, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just like we've been able to say the last couple of years that, hey, man, these guys, you know, they've, they picked the Raiders to only win a handful of games, and they went over it the last couple of seasons. Oh, they were wrong. The, the good thing about it is people could say and give any opinion that they want, including me, and be wrong, right? It happens all the time. You know, we had the text or a tweet earlier from Mike that, you know, said that I was – it was baffling to him why I was so confident in Josh McDaniels. So anyone from the outside – Someone that may be a Charger fan listening to me says, this dude is nuts. What's wrong with this guy? This guy is out of his damn mind. 
Does he know what Josh McDaniels did at Denver? This guy is crazy. And that's basically what the, the Locked On guys said to me when we did the ultimate crossover. They thought I was nuts for saying that Josh McDaniels is going to get this thing going. And maybe I am. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about it. Maybe I am. But maybe I'm not. You know, just like last year. Felt pretty confident saying I felt like this team was different. And I even thought I was wrong and crazy and nuts at one point. Thought, well, maybe this team wasn't different. Maybe I just saw something that I didn't really see. Maybe I saw a ghost. And then turned around, well, hey, you know what? Ended up being right. They were a little different. They had a little something-something that nobody really realized. So, you know, I never get mad at someone's opinion because it's just that. It's their opinion. Vegas Pete said, Austin is drinking the Charger Kool-Aid. The love of the coach who makes the worst in-game decision, especially on fourth down, is laughable. Mac hasn't been good since he was a Raider. Jackson bites on double moves like Ramsey did last night. McDaniels will coach a circle around him. If they have the same uh, right tackle as week 18, Max will be defensive player of the week. He owned him. I'd love to see a Raiders blowout. This guy isn't impartial at all. <laughs> Hope he's never on again. That's from Vegas Pete. Let's go, out to, let's go out to L.A. and talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, um, the Chargers um, try to seem confident, but it's false confidence because I think they're scared to death of us because they know we're the ones that ended their season, crushed their dreams, and sent them home last year in Vegas. And if you notice, J.C. Jackson, K.C. Jackson, whatever his name is, he waited till after the schedule would come out to get that surgery. I think he was trying to avoid Devontae Adams. You know, then before the schedule come out, he was all good. After that schedule came out, he had to get surgery, so he'll miss that first game. You know what I'm saying? Then once we smack him in the mouth and beat him by more than 20 points, like I predict we will, the, um, then I think they're going to lose in um, Kansas City four days after we beat on them. They're going to start off 0-2. You know what I'm saying? Now watch how the narrative changed from the media. All these predictions they was having, watch how they, they just totally flipped. No, with no, no rhyme, no reason to it. And watch they start touting off. Um, our praises after that, you know what I'm saying? But I, I, I really believe that since we beat them in the last game, we got a middle advantage of them over them, and we're going to be really be in their heads when we beat them this time. And I think they really scared um, out of their mind because they have no idea what our offense is going to look like. They have no idea what our defense is going to look like. And I think we've improved three times better um, than we were in the last game. That last game, it ain't no way that game should have went to overtime. We should have won that game by double digits. You know what I'm saying? And the mistakes that we made, that we made to let that game go to overtime, that's no longer going to happen because we have professional coaching staff in place now. You know what I'm saying? Like I said earlier when I called, I think it was on JT's show, we got to run the ball in the first half. Then when they make their adjustments, we hit them over the top and kill them in the passing game. That's why I predicted my prediction, 42-17, is going to come true. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, we're we going to really be in their heads and we can snatch their hearts out their chest opening day. You know what I'm saying? Sunday in L.A. You know what I'm saying? When y'all see me, holler at me. Keep it gangster. Raiders! There you go. Gangster Raider right there, giving you his thoughts on the Chargers, giving you his thoughts on the season. J.C. Jackson ducking the Raiders. You know, you never, you never know, you know, exactly uh, what any of these teams are going to look like, right? I mean, I think everyone expected the Rams to come out and look a lot better than they did last night against the Bills, and they didn't. And then I hear people saying, well, now the Bills, they're a shoe-in for the Super Bowl. And, look, I say don't overreact one way or the other to one game, especially early on the season. You just don't really know what a lot of these teams are going to look like, right? I mean, you just don't, especially with starters that didn't play. You know, the Raiders didn't have hardly any starters that were out there uh, playing. You know, they had, what, Josh Jacobs in the, 
in the Hall of Fame game. Nate Hobbs a little bit in the Hall of Fame game. Trayvon Merrick a couple games, but that was really it. You know, no Max Crosby, no Chandler Jones, no DC, no Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, no Devontae Adams. None of that just wasn't there. So, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to see uh, how everything gets started. But I tell you one thing, it's not slowing down my excitement for what's going to happen on Sunday at SoFi Stadium. Demond, who's up next? Anthony, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, I got a question, some comments here. I, the last person you had on talking about, you know, the game coming up here in the teams. The one thing that's been bothering me for all these naysayers about us not doing as well as we did last year, they keep talking about those four overtime wins that we had. And, and you know, we've got a great play caller in Joshua Daniels. Here's what I'm seeing. If we're all talking, I think we can all agree that we're going to do better in the red zone. Now, truth be told, i got to see it. But I do feel like we're going to do better in the red zone. And if we have that kind of a consensus that we will do better in the red zone, then what are we saying? What are they saying? That we're going to do worse on defense and give up more points? Because you can't tell me that we're not going to drive the ball down the field either with some better play calling like we've been talking about. So here's what I see going on. I do see more sevens than threes this year. And our defense will be a little bit better. I see us doing a deep push into the playoffs. The only thing that's got me bothered right now is like the game last night. When our starters aren't playing against the team, I don't want them to have, you know, kind of get the jitters about not knowing what's going on and not feeling like they're in sync. That's the only thing that's got me bothered. However, I'm totally pumped about our team. Like I said, we're going to score more sevens and fewer threes, and therefore we're going to win more games and not have to worry about going for the to- a coin toss and having an overtime win. So that there kind of gets me going. What do you think about that? Yeah, good call, my man. I appreciate you. Yeah, I, I like that. And-, and the reason I like that is because I'm with you. Um, I believe that the Raiders aren't going to have to worry about overtime as much as they did a season ago. I don't think that they're going to settle for three as much as they did a season ago. I think they're not going to make as many mistakes like, uh, you know, even Gangster Raiders said, you know, hey, the game shouldn't have gone to uh, the overtime like it did uh, against the Chargers a season ago. They shouldn't have picked up fourth down as many times as they did. The Raiders made a ton of mistakes, not only in that game, but a lot last season. That's something that I continue to hang my hat on. And, and again, going back to Will, Will, who hit me up and said, uh, hey, hello? Hello? What are we doing here? <laughs> was that you? What was that, Devon? All uh, righty then. That was cool. We heard that over the air. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I heard it in my ear. I don't know what the hell is going on. Okay, good. all right. Well, that's what's up. So anyway, uh, going back to Will, who was talking about uh, talking about how I have so much confidence in this game on Sunday, I just don't think that they'll make mistakes. I don't think they'll make mistakes like they, they did a season ago. Just so many mental errors and still found ways to overcome it and win 10 games. And that was with a ton of mistakes, a bunch of bad penalties, a bunch of bad, uh, you know, just uh, turnovers at the wrong time, you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I just – I just feel like this team is going to be a lot more disciplined, and that's going to help them uh, moving forward. Now, we're going to get to a couple calls on the other side. We're going to take a quick break, come back. We'll reset. We'll get to Juan the Smasher. We'll get to some sounds from the locker room, including my one-on-one conversation I had with Zamir White as we kick off hour number three of Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920.